Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Changemaker, it's Holly Rustic here. Before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know that there is a free downloadable of today's episode. So there is a checklist and a quiz, and you can download that at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 74. So this is the 74th podcast. And we do have a checklist for today's episode. You're going to see why and a quiz to help you determine if you are better suited as a generalist grant writer or a specialist grant writer. Once again, you can download that at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash seven four. All right, guys, here's into the episode. Hi, Changemaker. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. Welcome to another episode where I help you grow capacity, increase funding, and advance your mission. If uh, your mission, if you have your own nonprofit, or the missions of the many nonprofits that you serve if you are a grant writer. All right, guys. So we are getting into this whole thing. I just, I'm super excited about it today. Um, I'm going to give you four different things that you're going to be able to walk away with to really be able to understand how to identify clients and what kind of clients to pick. Now, this is really focused today on freelance grant writers. So, but if you're a part of a nonprofit, um, this is great for you to listen to as well because it'll help you understand, you know, how grant writers work and some questions that you can ask them, right? So if you're really looking to work with a grant writer, a freelance grant writer, say, these are some great things that you can then say, hmm, what kind of nonprofits do you work with? Da, 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 da. You know, and we did go over this stuff in episode 73. You know, it, it's really good to know, too, about what types of grant writers specifically that you as a nonprofit should work with. And also you as a grant writer, how you identify your clients, how you get clients, right? So this is great if you're a startup, but it's also great if you've been a grant writer for a while and kind of have plateaued. So maybe these are some things to consider that'll really help you go up a level. Okay, so before I give you these four things, and I'm super excited about it, (laughs) I just wanted to go ahead and give a shout out, so our weekly shout out uh, for a testimonial. And that is from the book Wish Granted. And you guys, that whole book, okay, this summer, I am making a point of doing a whole upgrade to the face of the the book because we have gone through a branding um, update over the last like several months. So because of that, we will be coming out with um, a new cover for that. And I'm super excited about that. So um, that's something to look at. And the other great thing too is I got invited to have that book selected for a university so I'm really excited about that so the university reached out to me the resource curriculum person and they said hey man um you know they really want your book uh the faculty want your book to use for their grant writing course so this is really really exciting I'm yeah anyway so it's university approved as well um and I've even had some people reach out to me and they say hey Holly you know I'm, I'm going to uh get my nonprofit degree I'm going to a different college and I listen to your podcast um One person even said it was required listening. So a big shout out to Chicago for that. Um, That's really, really awesome. So um, this podcast is really used for a lot of people that are in 
you know, going to school and getting their degrees and really learning how to become a grant writer. So really excited about that. So if you are a grant writer in school or learning to become a grant writer or work with nonprofits, please send me a shout out. I would love to know more about what you guys do. And, and plus, you know, what else you want to have episodes about. So yeah, please send me an email at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. All right, so let's get into this testimonial today. This was for the book, Wish Granted. Like I said, tips, tools, and templates to write a winning grant. There's no name, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it, but they did leave a review, a five-star review, and I'm really excited about this review. Yeah, we're going to find out in a second why. I like that she also has a course on Udemy that totally complements this book. Great insights and tips. I have already won a $100,000 grant using her book, and the course. How amazing is that, you guys? So anyway, so big shout out to you. Sorry, you don't have, you didn't leave your name, but I just want to say thank you so much uh, for getting the course and getting the book, and congratulations on winning a $100,000 grant. Good job, you. Because when you use this system, guys, it works. It works, it works, it works. So please use the system. Let me know how you do. Okay, so let's get into it today. How do you actually get clients as a grant writer and who do you pick? Number one. All right, and I have a little graph for this, so I'll probably put that on the on the blog on the website, so please do check it out. Um, we have a great resource on our website where all our podcasts are also hosted as well as our YouTube uh, episodes. But if you are more of a reader, you can definitely look at that or more of a visual person, go for it. <laughs> so you can jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com. Okay, so number one, you first need to really identify what types of nonprofits you want to target and to know that you need to understand the different types of nonprofits, right? So there are actually different types and you need to say, hmm, who do I want to target? So I call these different, <laughs> these three different kind of sectors and sometimes they cross over a little bit, but basically the cash cow, the expanding monkey, and the pup, right? So these are the different ones that I kind of look at. So the cash cow, of course, is more of the large, well-established nonprofit. That's the type of nonprofit it is. And you could think of like Habitat for Humanity, like even the Girl Scouts in certain chapters, but just larger, larger nonprofits. Um, so the experience. So here's the experience um, that you would need to have is tons of experience with similar projects, right? And the federal and foundation, what types of grants would you be writing? Well, you've secured many federal and foundation grants. So these types of nonprofits usually have both. And they tend to know when grant applications are coming up because they're used to applying at certain times. Maybe they have a grant for three years and they know it's coming up. So they want to apply to that grant again for a different project. So they're kind of like, okay, we got to watch out a few months out. You know, this one's going to be opening. And that's something you as a grant writer would then need to know as well. Okay, so the pros to working with a cash cow, the large, well-established nonprofit. It's easier to secure grants a lot of times because there's infrastructure in place, right? There's previous grants that have been written already, and a lot of times these nonprofits will just um, give them to you because, you know, you can easily just update them, and you already have a basis then of all of their organizational experience. You just need to update it. So there's a lot of stuff that can already be done for you, which is pretty cool. 
And the other thing with this is you can sometimes charge more because you're doing more work. You're doing a lot more federal grants. You're doing foundation grants. They already understand that grant writers, you know, they want to pay them um, and they understand that the, the cost, you know, of that. So sometimes you don't need to secure as many nonprofits when you're working with maybe a handful of large, well-established nonprofits. You know, maybe that's enough for you. And it really depends on what you identify yourself as success as far as how much money you want to make, how much time you have, if you have people working for you. I mean, there's many variables, but overall you could say, maybe I don't have to secure as many because you know I can charge a few thousand, several thousand per month per nonprofit, you know, that sort of thing. And that's totally like, it depends on your market research. We can definitely go more into that in another episode. But overall, you would say, okay, if I have some of these larger nonprofits, you know, I can work on retainer and I don't need to have as many. The cons. Well, a lot of these nonprofits, they already have internal grant writers. <laughs> and if you're a freelancer, you don't want to necessarily have a full-time job at one nonprofit, right? So a lot of times they already do because they are securing grants. They understand, like I said, the value of having a grant writer. So they may not have even higher freelancers. Now, sometimes they can hire a freelancer that works with their internal grant writer if they know that they have a lot of overload because they understand that internal grant writer to do a good job, you know, can't be writing a million grants every single month. Like they get that. So they may pull you in, especially if you're a specialist, and we'll talk about what a specialist means in a little bit, um, and, you know, writing for certain grants, they may pull you in for that. Another con is they are more selective with hiring grant writers. So they want people generally that have a lot of experience. They want to already have seen results. Um, they want to know what your success rate is and to understand how to demonstrate what your success rate is. Check out episode 73. Those are some of the cons for the cash cow. All right, so the expanding monkey. These are mid-sized nonprofits that have some experience. So overall, the types of experiences they have for you as a grant writer is you have to have some experience with working with nonprofits um, and starting new projects or expanding current projects. And that might be because that's where they're at, right? Um, they have some experience with securing grants. Maybe they have a good portfolio foundation grants, but not a lot of federal grants, that sort of thing. So they're more mid-sized. They have some projects that are probably already functioning and well-established, but they also are looking to grow and expand and maybe even tap into a different need. Like I said, for federal or foundation grants, they've secured some funding. They're looking for new grants. The pros of working with the expanding monkey <laughs> is that you can work with a variety of nonprofits. So you can work with nonprofits, maybe, you know, Christian uh, private colleges that are nonprofits, or, you know, maybe you're working with, you know, a nonprofit that serves conservation needs in a certain area, like in Utah, you know, so very, you can work with very specific nonprofits, but a variety of different types. And the pros of this too is you're creative. You can be creative in helping build out projects. So if you really want to have more hands-on, you want to be more of a lead, then mid-size nonprofits are great for you to work with. Now the cons are that you may need to have more support. So, or let me restate that. They may need you to do a lot more support for them and develop more infrastructure. So maybe they don't have like, you know, you have your cash cow. They already have all their resumes. They, you know, hey, send me these update ones. That's easy for them to get to you. They have all of their po fiscal policies and procedures, all of that. 
Now, this mid-sized nonprofit may not have all of that. You may have to work a lot more in developing those types of things. So that could either be a pro or a con, honestly, because maybe you like to do those sort of things. But the con, of course, is that it will take you more time. Okay, so startup nonprofits, the pups, right, or startup projects. Now, the experience that they have is they may have secured little to no grants. They, and the other thing is they may have little infrastructure in place. So what, what are they looking for in federal foundation grants? Well, they need to look for new funding sources. So they could be more foundations, um, you know, they could be applied to more foundations rather than federal grants just in the beginning to build their credibility and to actually get some grants under their belt so they can show that they know how to manage money and that they know how to manage and implement projects. So what are some pros of working with these pups? Well, you help get nonprofits get their first funding sources, and that is life-changing. It is so cool when you come in, you know, and you, they have the startup, maybe they've only been around for a year or a couple of years or just started, and they're super passionate, passionate about what they do, and they've never received any funding. And if you can get them like $10,000 out of the gate, like that is life-changing for their nonprofit. It gives them, you know, success, it gives them confidence, and it helps them move forward. And they may actually be able to implement a lot of people with $10,000 because when you're doing it grassroots, guys, you don't have all the overhead, you don't have all of that yet. They can directly put it into their projects and it can really make a lot of difference so you as a grant writer that is really something that is super awesome and it's it's hard to get first grants so if you can do that you're doing a good job writing grants all right so another pro is that this is more for creative out-of-box thinkers so if you are that as a person like you'd like to be more creative you'd like to actually help develop then you know you like to develop projects like that could be something that would be really cool you like to be you know the lead on things you like to be very creative this is definitely a pro and the last pro or there's more pros in this but the one that i have listed is it is easier to get clients if you are starting out that are pups right as you may be charging less than a, well you will be charging less than a seasoned grant writer and startups let's face it they don't have a lot of money in the beginning right so it's they you might be able to charge um less amount than further on once you start winning grants and build a por bigger portfolio and then you're able to charge a little more right so in the beginning this can be really good to get these types of clients now the cons two cons that i have listed here are that it can be much more work on behalf of the grant writer because you're helping write job descriptions you're writing templates for letters of support you're doing a lot of work right so these are a lot of things that you know the cash cows they already have established like they got this but in the beginning you know this is they don't have these things they don't even know what these things are so you're having to develop a lot of these things now a pro on this con is that especially if you're a newbie grant writer getting into freelancing this is going to give you a lot of experience and you're really going to understand every single thing. So it really is very, very good for you. Okay. So that's a twist on that con. Here's another con. Many startup nonprofits cannot even afford to pay you at all. All right. Now that's kind of a, a fallacy because if they really want to pay you and they're really serious about this, they will find a way. Or they're going to be doing this and they're going to be getting the grant writing book and the course and, and learning how to do it themselves and actually setting time aside to do it, right? So either one way or the other. Okay, so those are the three different types of clients, nonprofits. Generally, 
that you will be looking at. And once again, it's not just about, oh, I'm going to make a ton of money, right? This is about changing the world. Like seriously, this is about working with people with their missions that are passionate and they actually are changing the world. Like to even have one project that serves five, you know, kids that are art autistic in a summer camp and to see like they're, they're not getting bullied as much. They have more confidence. Like that is changing the world. It's changing one person at a time or it's just helping provide an accessibility for some people or even animals or the environment. You know, there's so many different things that grants do. So no matter where you are, this is amazing, but it's really important for you to understand you, right? As a grant writer, you know, who do you like working with? You know, if you like everything already done for you, all the templates done, everything in place, and you want to work with larger nonprofits, then you know that. But if you want more experience, if you really want to work with a variety of nonprofits, then you may look at other ones. So every single nonprofit is not the same at all. And like I said, they generally fall into these three different categories with sometimes some crossover, but it's good for you just to know that. So a lot of times it's not to say, I work with nonprofits. What types of nonprofits, right? And you don't have to call them like, I, I just kind of have these names on you for you internally, but don't call them the cash cow. Like, don't do that. <laughs> All right. So number two, be aware of funding priority shifts. This means pay attention to trends and make your mark as an expert. And we talked about this a lot in episode 73, so I'm not gonna go on to it here, so please refer to episode 73. But basically what this means is you need to pay attention to what's going on in the political realm, right? Because federal grants, funding shifts happen in the political realm, right? Uh, we get new directors in, in the administration, the funding shifts, budgets change. And it's also to say in the corporate world, there's different things that are happening with foundations. So they have new board of directors, their funding priority shift, right? Also, this is reflected with society. If there's a big societal movement, like the, let's see, bans plastic straws, maybe we'll start seeing more grants in that realm about plastics, that sort of thing. So it really does behoove you to pay attention to funding priority shifts overall. Number three. Do you want to be a generalist or a specialist? Okay, and these are things for you to consider as a grant writer. What types of clients you want to work with? Now, we kind of broke down the different types of nonprofits, but once again, this is more an internal reflection of who you are because you really need to know who you are to know what kind of nonprofits are going to resonate the best with you. So let's go ahead and describe a generalist. A generalist is someone who maybe you love working with nonprofits that are buried in different states and that have a variety of projects. You love a challenge. You love learning about the latest trends and projects going on all over the world and are at your best when you can learn about new projects. This is you, right? You also love working with startup nonprofits and well-established nonprofits. You fear if you don't work with them all, you might become obsolete in working with a certain type of nonprofit profit because you're not staying up to date with everything. A generalist may also be you when you're starting out because frankly, you may not be able to be picky. You need and crave and want experience so you will work with any nonprofit client. This may sound desperate, but oftentimes it's not. It is about building your portfolio and sometimes, especially in the beginning, you do say yes a lot. Being super picky when you have to pay your bills or send your kids to school may be the time when you are a generalist. And I know the entire movement of stay in your lane. It does make sense, right? But sometimes 
you can't stay in your lane in the beginning, right? And that kind of goes back to if you guys listen to Grant Cardone a, a lot, you know, um, it, you do have to say yes a lot. You have to 10x a lot. But of course, you might get to a point where you can then be more of a specialist. And sometimes you can start right out of the gate. We'll talk about that in a second. But I just kind of wanted to explain this because a lot of people might come to me and be like, you know, I just want to work with just this or just do this one tiny thing in, in my business. But they're not able to pay their bills. And at that time, I'm like, you need to say yes, you know, to a lot. You need to actually, um, and this even goes, if you guys listen to Dave Ramsey, oh my gosh, I love him. But the whole snowball effect, he does the, the financial advising and he has the financial, the financial piece, right? That's what it's called, yep. So a whole university on that, um, or his acad maybe it's an academy on it. But anyways, um, it's all about like, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle until your debt's paid off. And then you can kind of, and then you have money set aside, right? And then you can kind of step back and breathe and be more picky and selective with what you're doing. But in the beginning, sometimes you just need to get clients. You need to get experience. You need to get out there. You need to learn about things. So you are saying yes to a lot more. So here's the catcher though. Would you rather work a full-time job that has nothing to do with grant writing and focus on staying in your lane as a side hustle, like only writing grants for a certain client, right? Certain type of client until you get your business off the ground or would you rather be a full-time as a generalist grant writer getting tons of varied ex grant writing experience and find out which lane you actually want to drive in, right? And it really depends on who you are. You might actually prefer the former because you're more about, you know, security and you're more about, you know, slowly getting involved with things and only staying in things that you specifically want to do. Or you may be on, you know, the latter and really want to get just a lot of experience and get out there and get your name out there and, you know, do that as your full time. So it really depends on what you want to do. Neither way is wrong or right. It's about you as a person, right? What, what really resonates with you. I tend to be a high risk person and jump off, <laughs> you know, and expect the parachute to open up. But a lot of times it doesn't happen. Right. So, I mean, that's also you just not. Yeah, just quit your job and totally go for it. Totally be successful. That's not always the case either. So you really have to have things put in place. Um, I definitely have to have a little security there. But uh, yeah, I tend to be more of a risk taker. But that's not to say that's right or wrong. Right. It's just about who, who you are as an individual. And I'm not saying that you have to be a generalist to start out if you don't want to be one. Sometimes a full-time job with non-grants makes specializing more powerful because you aren't dealing with it all day with a million different things. You're dealing with you know non-grant stuff and then you're just specializing in your, your side hustle and your own time in that, right? Some grant writers go right out of the gate as a specialist due to the fact that they're writing a specific grant that gets awarded. So their side hustle, they wrote a grant, it got awarded, and then those types of nonprofits that are in the same field will come to you because they heard about you getting that grant one. So they naturally become a specialist. So that could also happen. But I am talking about your decision and the type of person you are and the type of nonprofits that you wanna work with. So it is important to know that A, there's different types of nonprofits like we described, and B, what you as an individual, you know, what you resonate with, how you work, and what you want to do, right? So that a generalist, mainly you're very creative, you want to work with a variety of nonprofits, you want a ton of experience, you want it more generalist, so then maybe down the road you can figure out what type of specialist area that you want to go into. It's kind of like a liberal arts degree, <laughs> and then picking a specialized master's program, something like that. On the other hand, you might be a specialist right out of the gate. So how do you know if you're a specialist? 
All right, let's talk about that. You might be a specialist if you absolutely are passionate about working for a specific cause. Maybe you were in a nonprofit that served at-risk youth and you want to continue to serve other nonprofits that have the same specific cause. You want to focus most of your grant writing on writing to a specific federal or foundation funding sources that fund at-risk youth projects. Maybe start an Instagram page on at-risk youth facts and stats, create posts when grants are available that cater to that, and follow the hashtag, hashtag nonprofit youth. Maybe your passion stems from being an at-risk youth yourself, and you want to become a part of that movement and really help other youth. This is a topic that you never get tired of talking about. And this works great if you live in a city where there are tons of nonprofits that have at-risk youth programs. But if you live and work in a rural community, then you may have to reach out to other communities, states, and cities to find clients because there may only be a couple of nonprofits in your town that target this demographic. So that is something to consider if you are a specialist, especially if you're not in a city, right? And that's totally fine. We have the internet now. You can do that. But it's just to say that you're not going to always meet your clients just by you know, going to the mall, <laughs> whatever, like on Guam, we have, it's ironic, we have the largest Kmart and probably the only revenue generating Kmart in the world. And I think it's shutting down everywhere else. But here it's it's really ironic. But anyways, we don't have a Walmart or Target. Oh, no. <laughs> so we have the Kmart. And um, that the people think they kind of joke that say, Oh, if you want to network, just go to Kmart, because you're gonna run into everybody there, right? So you're not gonna be able to network at your your local Kmart, whatever that might be, but you're gonna have to market more online. So that's just something to consider potentially if you are a specialist. So those are two different things to look at. Do you wanna be a generalist? Do you wanna be a specialist? Do you wanna be a generalist for a while and maybe later figure out what you wanna specialize in? Okay, and number four. The fourth way to get clients, right? So now you've identified your clients. How do you get clients? You write grants. I know you didn't want to hear that. <laughs> I know you really didn't want to hear that, but that's what you have to do. You have to get really good at first increasing the number of grants that you write, and just by doing this will get you experience. Sometimes you may have to start off as a volunteer or working more as a generalist, but other things you can do are taking a grant writing course and show that you have some sort of experience. But writing is really the best way to get experience. And we will definitely talk about more of how you can get your foot in the door in a later episode. And I really do want to cover this in more depth, but I know we're going kind of long on this one. I want to stay um, on this topic today, but I do want to also touch on this. Um, and it's something that I do see a lot of freelancers need. And I've even included it in as a micro grant. So I'll be releasing a micro grant to my founders, online grant writing and funding changemaker membership so that they can actually compete for a micro grant. I will give feedback and review all of the grants, give them feedback and provide a hundred bucks to the winner. So it's just a little micro grant, but I thought, hey, what a great way of giving back, right? And at the same time, providing access for experience to to these people and you know all my members because that way they can get the experience of writing. So I'll, I'll open up a request for a proposal, then they'll submit their grant They'll have a deadline. They'll have all the technical things that they need to follow. And I will review every grant. So also give them feedback, which is super important to get as a grant writer. So yeah, so I'm totally aware of that. I do want to talk about more about how to get your foot in the door in a later episode. Like I said, that's something that I, I, I totally understand and I get a lot of questions for. But writing and getting feedback really strengthens you as a grant writer and helps you get clients. 
To sum up today to how to identify and get nonprofit clients as a grant writer are number one, identify what type of nonprofits are even out there. Number two, be more aware of funding priorities shifting. Number three, identify if you want or need to be a generalist or specialist grant writer. And number four, write grants. All right, that's it for this week. Next week, we will actually be starting our public relations saga and have Nikki Jones on the podcast. She is an expert in public relations and has a freebie for you. So think you don't need public relations? Think again. Nonprofits need to get their messaging out there, and Nikki will talk about how to do that with both traditional media and social media. It is so good. It is so awesome. She gave a lot, a lot a lot of tools. Just amazing. So you haven't subscribed to um, uh, to your podcast, if you're listening to iTunes or wherever you're listening to, um, please subscribe so that you are sure to get that podcast delivered right to your app. You will not want to miss that one. All right, guys. So if you have any questions or you know who to email, holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. All right, guys. I will talk to you next week. Keep on changing the world. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Remember to grab your free downloadable checklist and quiz to determine if you are better suited as a generalist grant writer or a specialist grant writer. Just go ahead and visit grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash seven four. Thanks again. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe and discounts on grant services, be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this Grant Writing and Funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com.